0: the worldwide sports radio network
1: For the very first
2: time in history we have the Sports Hitlist on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Carl Coulange, and I'd like to thank Errol Marks and his team for giving us the opportunity to broadcast our show each and every Wednesday. Um, I am also the co-founder and executive producer for the Sports Hit List. And one thing I can tell you is this. About our show, you will get passionate fans. You will get funny fans. You will get fans that you will disagree with and even agree with. But we will do the best that we can each and every Wednesday to provide you with nothing but great sports content. I'd like to throw a quick shout out to my entire Sports Hitless family, my entire Sports Hitless team. Without you guys helping me put this show together, without you guys helping me create segments and doing what you do over the last twelve years, the show does not exist. I could not do it alone. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It truly, uh, I truly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Um, And again, there are not enough words that can describe how grateful I am for uh, helping me get through this journey. So, as I said before, every Wednesday we will have a little bit of different sports segments just to show you guys what we've talked about throughout the week. You may get some NFL. You may get some NBA. You may get some NHL. You may get some MLB. You may get some MMA. You may get some boxing. You may get some pro wrestling. We cover it all here. So, to start off the, uh, the show... We recently developed this series called the Mount Rushmore of the NFL. Each and every week for the next eight weeks, we will break down each position of the NFL and select um, our top four players in that position. The first episode was defensive back. So let's go to it. We're introducing a new series to the Sports Hit List by the fans and for the fans. We wanted to take a look at the NFL and look at every position so... Uh, shout out to my football team for coming up with this segment where we're um, eight episodes. We're going to break down the, the Mount Rushmore for each position. Today we have the defensive back position. Let me introduce my panel, the reigning defending MVP and soon to be father of the second child. Paul Lawson is in the building. Paul, how you doing, bro? Congratulations to you and the wife for expecting hey, number man, two. Hey, uh, man,
3: thanks a lot. Obviously, lots of love for the brand. And uh, I just want to use this platform to say, you know, Everybody be safe out there with the George Floyd protest. Um, You know, there's a lot going on in the world. So everybody be safe. Use your sanity. And a special shout out to our officers that are a part of the sports hit list. Uh, I know a few of them. You know, we got Jose and we got Marcus out in D.C. If there's anybody else I'm missing, you guys be safe and we support you guys.
2: Thank you. Thank you for that, man. We got the new homeowner and Rick in the building. Rick, we, we, we have wonderful news. We got a, a father of two on the way. We got a homeowner. We leveling up. Congratulations, Rick. Rick welcome to the panel, bro.
4: Yes sir. yes, sir. Appreciate it, man. It feels good, man. It's a beautiful feeling, man. It feels good once everything is all set up, hopefully by the next uh, go around, the next position I'm a part of. Y'all get to get a, a little sneak peek of the Listen, game. I just
2: tell you, man, have a hitless room for when we come down to Florida. Oh, listen, don't that's worry. all I'm saying, man. We'll both us hang out.
3: Gonna be dope. Second, don't, don't listen, second.
2: we got um, Travis, who's now flipping to Patrick Mahomes' argument. Oh man. Don't, <laughs> Travis, don't, don't, don't that do out? that, man. Yeah, don't, I got to call you out. I'm sorry, don't brother. Don't do I, that, I, man. I love you. Listen, I love listen, you, but listen, I, I, I got to keep it 100. I, I, I it
1: 100. was riding with the guy. On, his, on that 2018 campaign, man, I, mean, I was fighting for him for two years out here, man. But after yesterday, man, I can't rock with Breeze no more. I mean, <laughs> even though I, the group, y'all turned me into a Breeze fan because I had to fight so hard for him. I'm a Panthers fan, so by nature, I didn't like him. Yeah, I had yeah. to fight so hard for him that, but after yeah,
3: yesterday, yeah, good, I good. Can't, can't rock with him. The I don't want to change topics. I don't know what was worse. Yesterday from Drew Brees or the PR statement he released this morning. Listen,
2: that's another vlog for another day, man. We could get into That's the standard <laughs> SOP nowadays. You
3: say
1: something crazy. Here <laughs> so let me get apology. into um,
2: Andrew. Andrew, welcome to the panel. Thank you for filling in for us. I know Greg was supposed to be here, but um, thank you for coming in last minute. We appreciate it. Broncos all day, right? All day. I'm
5: from Brooklyn and raised, but You can see where my heart is.
2: All right. So <laughs> let me explain the rules to the fans and see how we're going to do this. Each member on this panel is going to get uh, four picks for their Ru- Mount Rushmore for defensive back. And then as a group, everyone will pick one person to make the ultimate hit list, Mount Rushmore. Let's go to the homeowner first down in Florida. Rick, right. who are your top four for defensive back? All
4: right. So we're going all four. We're doing one by one.
2: No, all four. Tell me who your four oh, are right God. now.
4: First up, you already know, man. I, I, I've i had this little conversation with some heads um, over the course of Good. the past couple of weeks. When I just kind of like what kind of brought things out. I, I was inspired today by my man, uh, Mike Miller, to kick things off with some antics. My first and number one choice on my uh, defensive back, Mount Rushmore, is going to be my personal GOAT. As far as I'm concerned, the absolute greatest defensive player to ever play football. Lawrence Taylor's close. My man primetime deon sanders absolutely that's my guy i'm gonna get the jersey on
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> and i went throwback to two florida state you know because i'm a dolphin fan so you ain't gonna catch me in no uh cowboys falcons or uh, 49ers gear you know
2: <laughs> all right all right cool cool okay who's your number two
4: all right so number two we're going with uh ronnie Lott. uh ronnie Lott for me i think is uh without a doubt Uh, probably among the top safeties, natural safeties of all time. So that's my second guy for sure. Okay. Three. Number three, we're going to go with Rod Woodson. So um, I know a lot of the debate is always between Rod Woodson and Deion Sanders most of the time, generally, as far as it comes to the GOAT for cornerbacks. Um, But for me, he's a little bit behind uh, Mr. Primetime.
2: And last one.
4: Last one. Um, definitely a little tough. I feel like the first three were a little bit of a gimme. Um, I went back and forth on it a little bit, and I ended up going with Mr. Ed Reed as my fourth guy. Again, I think one of the top safeties of all time, um, especially what he was able to do during that era to kind of, you know, carry those, uh, those Baltimore teams.
2: All right. So we got Deion Sanders, um, Rodney Locke, um, Rod Woodson, and Ed Reed, right? Yes, sir. All right. Travis? Who's your pick for your for, for, oh, for your top Mount Rushmore? Right, all
1: right, all right, all right. We're going to start off with the number and one. And remember,
2: team. you're just listing them. You see how Rick kept it nice, short, and sweet? All right? Let's, let's, let's try to
1: keep it under the oh, rules. man. <laughs> you already know who you're dealing with here, man. All right? Go ahead. right now, talking. You're cutting into my time. Go ahead, go ahead. All right, we're going to start off with Ronnie Lott, man. That's easy right there, number one, man. The man was played cornerback and safety. My man cut off a finger to play football. Like, it's over at that. You cut off a finger. Okay. Number one all time. Next, we're going to go Deion Sutton at number two right there. That's simple. He's prime time, you know what I mean? He made. He was one of the – like he said, look good, you play good, you feel good, they pay good, you know what I'm saying? That's how okay. it was my man Deion. Number three, I'm going to go Rod Woodson, man. Rod Woodson, he was Deion before Deion out there, man. He was out there in the cornerback position. He was not only a pro Bowl and all pro at the cornerback position, but also transitioned to safety to later in his career. And then that fourth spot, man, that fourth spot was hard, man. It came down between uh, Ed Reed, uh, Charles Woodson, Dick Knight, Train Lane, and Darren Green. But at the end of the day, I had to go Charles Woodson on it. Charles, okay. I see, I see how people can go um, Ed Reed, but Charles Woodson got over 400 more tackles. He has one more interception, just as many uh, TD returns. And he's the only player to ever have 60 interceptions and 20 sacks in the NFL.
2: Okay, so we got Rodney Locke, Deion Sanders, Rod Woodson, and Charles Woodson. That's your, that's your four. Yep.
3: MVP? Well, first of all, I want to start off by saying, Travis, stick to the script. He asked you to list the four names, you list the four names. We didn't ask for metrics, all right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Listen, this is me here. This, this is what I, what I do. we we got coming with the to metrics. To I got to, to explain things, things yeah. all right? Right, throw a little on there, you know. <laughs> so just notice, notice the name. The name is Paul Great. So here's where I'm going to start I mean, obviously, my number one is primetime, baby. I mean, when you just think about the impact on the game, the swag, you name it the ability to score the football on, on all three sides of the ball is why well, you got to go prime time. Okay. You don't ever disrespect Deion Sanders and say, Rob Woodson was prime time before prime time. It was never a prime time. There's only ever about about one prime skill time. set. i am talking about a skill set. I'm <laughs> talking <laughs> about playing, <I'm> <laughs> talking <laughs> about it's playing it's the part. game. I'm not talking about the
1: antics. I'm not talking, about, oh, God, I'm not talking uh, about the prime <laughs> time.
3: I'm just talking about <laughs> playing football. I'm talking about just Travis, football. you're eating
2: his time, man.
1: Let him get his time, uh, bro.
3: <laughs> so I'll speed this up for, for Trav's sake. You know, uh, number two, man, I, I disagree with you guys. Well, I, well, I think Ronnie Law has some historical numbers. My number two is Charles Woodson, uh, another guy who dominated the, the, the cornerback position and the safety position uh, at the collegiate level, at the national level in the NFL, Super Bowl champion, physical game changer. I still think the tuck rule, he was robbed. Uh, but, hey, what do I know? So Chuck is my number two. Uh, number three, Ed Reed. Uh, when you think about the ability to, to do what Ed Reed was able to accomplish in, sm- in such a small sample size at the safety position, I think Ed Reed is the greatest safety to ever touch an NFL field. Um, and coming out of the U, crazy. Shout out to Florida. And my number four is, man, you know, the fourth spot was always a challenge. It was a toss up for me between Champ Bailey and Ty Law. Uh, I went Ty Law and I'll tell you why. Winning matters, and Ty Law is the reason why Bill Belichick was able to scheme the way he was able to scheme. Uh, he literally shut down an entire football half, third of a football field for years against some of the greatest competition—the Marvin Harrisons, the Reggie Waynes, and so on and so forth. And even at the later part of his years, I think he had ten picks at forty for the Jets. So, um, Ty Law is my number four.
2: All right, so we got. Uh, we let like Sa- that, like that man keep
3: talking. He put Ty Law on the list.
1: <laughs>
2: Sanders, I mean, Woodson, Reed, and Ty Law.
5: Um, Andrew, who are your top four here? This is this is based off of who I got to watch growing up. So number one, I'm going to start with Ed Reed because with him and Ray Lewis, did co-piloting that Baltimore Ravens defense over that 10 year course or more was unbelievable. Like you did not want to go into Baltimore; you wanted them to come to you. Second, I'm surprised I haven't heard this name yet, and I know my friends and family in Philly are going to love this. You got Weapon X and Brian Dawkins. And not only did he make the play, he knew how to rile up his teammates, he knew how to get the crowd into the game. Number three, it's got to be the hair Troy Palomalu. Troy Palomalu was the poison for Peyton Manning and my boy Jake Plummer, and in that 05 run. And that Steelers defense was, like, cancer to play against because you did not want that hair near where you were going to throw. And number four, I guess I'm being a little biased here. I'm going to say Champ Bailey. And you brought up Ty Law, Paul, but Champ Bailey made the Bill Belichick-Tom Brady combo human. It was Champ Bailey on January thirteenth, two 2006, that picked off Tom Brady and ran it all the way back and gave that dynasty their first playoff loss. And not only that, is the Broncos kind of stumbled a little bit after that, but Champ Bailey stayed with the ship. And it breaks my heart he wasn't part of the 2015 Super Bowl run, but at least he got to the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning and company in New York. All right, so we have Reed,
2: Dawkins, Palmau, and uh, Bailey. So is it safe to say, so now we have to form the ultimate hit list um, uh time out time, out, time, okay. out, time, out, time
1: out, time, 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 time. We Andrew, we're gonna give you a pass, at least you got an explanation. You said DBs that you've seen play. But Paul, you gonna sit here and try and tell me that you put Ty Law Ty Law on the list of Mount Rushmore. Absolutely. <laughs> like, you just go you skipped over Ronnie Did you put Ronnie Lott on your list? Nope. You ain't put Roddy Light on this. You. you ain't put Dick Knight train lane. You know that man still holds the single season interception record as a rookie? It's been over 50 God, years God, on that. You let
3: practice. that
1: go. You let Darryl Green go. God, you're going to sit here on, and tell on, me hold on, hold on. Huh, I law? Go ahead. You got the ball. I need you to explain this.
3: Darryl Green was a perennial loser on the Washington Redskins his whole career. So you can could, you could be out there playing cornerback, being the fastest guy on the field, Excuse my French, the shit means nothing, all right? He wasn't winning games. He's one I, of the leaders in I interception. Love, okay, matter. gentlemen, listen, I, I would love. love to sit here and watch
2: <laughs> you
1: guys go oh, at me, it.
3: Let me get the shot in there real quick. <laughs> Yo, Rick, look, see, look. How long won games? He won football games. He's he even in a Hall of Fame? He, oh, absolutely. It is? 2019. Okay, okay. I've got I gotta to
2: make sure. Got make okay, sure. listen. All right, sure. all right. right. So, okay, okay, this is where the debate begins. Somebody seems to have the same kind of person on their list, right? So, is it safe to say, can I put Deion Sanders ultimately on the ultimate hit list list? That's fair to put.
3: Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yes.
2: So, Deion Sanders goes on for sure. Okay. Now, who would we put second on our ultimate list? Again, everyone. Needs Ronnie to see that.
3: Nah. <laughs> Ronnie Lott. Have the panel, don't. Ronnie, got Ronnie Lott. Lott on the list. And Ronnie Lott. Lott. Okay, so, so cut a finger off. To listen, play listen, football, okay?
2: listen. Is it safe to put Ed Reed on the list? Absolutely. Absolutely. No. Oh, wait, wait, wait,
1: That's that's a debatable one. We're gonna Why? leave him to the end. Oh my Come on goodness. Now. Okay. Come on now. Um, Ronnie Lott. All right. Based on Paul's criteria, Ronnie Lott. Not only did he win, but he's got the tackles. He's got interceptions, and he has the sacks. He's on the NFL all-time 100 team. This, so Listen, he's on, he's, on,
2: yeah. he's on Rick's list, though. So, it, like, like I said, if I wanted to give everybody a pick, everyone would want to make a pick. But now I, I want to make it interesting. We have to decide collectively as a group who makes the ultimate list.
3: What, would I be okay with Ronnie Lott being the fourth head in the Mount Rushmore? Sure. Why not? But don't sure, give me this baloney. Yeah. Don't okay. give me this baloney. It doesn't
2: matter of the ranking. Okay, so are we going to put Locke <laughs> on here? Yes or no?
3: Yeah, sure. Ronnie okay. Locke
1: Andrew, are sure. you in
5: favor of Locke? Yes. It's Locke, first
1: okay. of all, called Locke. Get that man's name right.
5: Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay. No, he's talking to a Bronco fan, so he wants me to say Locke. You want Drew Locke.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay, let's see here. We have um Rod Woodson. Is it safe to put him on the ultimate list?
3: Ah. Uh, yes, yeah, sir. I'm going with the yellow Woodson. But that's just me.
2: You're going with the other Charles? We have to make a collective
5: uh, vote. Rick, are you I'ma okay put, with that? I'm
3: going to put Rod Woodson on there. I'm going to go it,
5: with Rod. I, gotta, hey, I, have to clarify, I have to clarify for Manny. I thought about Charles Woodson. Don't think I, I snuffed him because of the orange. Okay, so which Woodson are we putting
2: on? I know we're putting a Woodson, but which one?
3: Charles I'm Rod. So when wait. Can I just say one thing? When yes, you think right about ahead. Mount Rushmore, you got to think about. Impact on the game, dominance during the game, mm-hmm. and what they did at both levels. We're talking about the Heisman winner, one of the very, one of the very That's few college. players That's at the University of Michigan. He won That's the Heisman college. playing two. You can't win the Heisman in the NFL. Went into, went into the NFL. And the last time, when the
1: last time the Heisman in the NFL. Listen, Rick, Heisman.
2: jump in here, man. You've been kind of quiet since you Yo, talked in the first segment, bro. Listen, 1, what got a think?
1: thousand tackles, bro, at the so corner. This, so this, so this, can
2: can you guys listen. let Rick say a word? he
1: got eleven 1, hundred tackles.
2: Can you let Rick say a word? I'm trying to get over over here, but man. Yeah. Listen,
4: between the Woodsons, I didn't have Charles on my list. I did go with Rod, but I'll be completely honest. If I if I personally had to pick between the two Woodsons. I would probably lean Charles. At okay, the so so oh, he's saying time. Charles. I feel like this is, so, like this is generational seen. bias, right? I feel so,
1: like because so, we, we ain't see Rod like that.
4: Okay, you know so man? wait, but,
2: okay, okay, okay. So Rick says uh,
4: says Charles, right? I would lean Charles, but here's the thing. I I In my opinion, I think Ed Reed should definitely be on there. So if... If I gotta pick between either one of the Woodsons and Ed Reed, it's gonna be Ed Reed and then we'll worry okay, about. Okay, so fine. Okay, so you pick lot. So on, here, here. so wait, Travis, part. Travis, you pick lot,
2: right? You did. Yeah. He did. So that's his pick. <laughs> Everyone oh, kind of picked let, Deion. Let, so, let, Rick, let, you kind of got the Deion Sanders pick because you got the jersey on. Hold on one second. You got the Deion Sanders pick. You got the lot pick if I'm being in interest of fairness. So, the Lex two are basically up to the MVP and Andrew if we're going fairness right now, right? That's how we wanted to okay, do it. Okay.
1: Let me just start one point with the Woodson's. If you're going to pick Rob Woodson, he made all pro at corner and safety. Charles didn't make it at both.
2: Okay. So, MVP, you get the third. So, who are you picking it? Out of the Woodson's.
1: Charles Woodson.
2: Charles Woodson. There it is. See, that's how we I have can't to can't be mad out. at it.
1: He's, all, he's on my list. I can't be mad at it. And
2: okay.
3: he, he should be on your list. You, okay. To and the final Tyler. pick. You put Tyler on your list. Stop
2: okay. It. And the final pick goes to Andrew. Andrew, the final pick for the ultimate Mount Rushmore goes to
5: you. Oh, but three ways. So I'll go with Charles Woodson.
2: No, they already have Charles Woodson. You get the last pick. Yeah. You get the last pick now.
5: I get to put number four on. Yeah. <laughs> We oh, put
1: the pressure on the new guy? Yeah. Oh, Champ Bailey. You know he's going crazy. You got the last say
5: pick. You got the last pick. Champ Bailey. <laughs> you gonna say You <laughs> got Champ Bailey. You got the last pick.
3: Oh, no. Yeah, um,
1: that's it. So. That's the interesting. Okay. This is a disgrace. <laughs> we don't have Ed Reed off. Oh, oh God, no, 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 we no. We don't, don't,
3: don't,
5: don't, we don't want Ed Reed? No. Oh, he gets the last pick already.
3: Yeah.
5: I thought Ed Reed was on already.
3: Yeah, Drew, I think you need to change your pick. Bro.
5: Yeah, yeah, I gotta, take, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta hold up on that. I'll put a, we'll, we'll swap Champ Bailey for Ed Reed. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay yeah, wow. I thought okay. Ed Reed was on already. I'm sorry, guys.
2: Okay, all
5: right.
1: Oh, so there be, it is. I to be satisfied with that. You
2: know. I'm surprised you didn't stick with your pick, Andrew. You should have stuck with your pick. That's what I love, <laughs> man. <laughs> you should stick with your pick. I don't, I'm We like, it. We like uh, I don't, he can, He's I, inviting more. Come on, man. Stand <laughs> your I, ground. The I, group's going to be mad it. at you. They're going to be mad at you for not sticking with your pick. You know that, right?
4: Listen, listen. listen. I ain't going to front. I almost <laughs> threw Patrick Sertain out there just to rep for the Dolphins. So. Oh, <laughs> I got it. I,
5: when it comes to the NFL, you know I, keep, I try to keep it as Paul, fair as possible.
1: Paul put out Ty Law, so anything goes, I guess. You know what I mean? The,
5: the fact that I can, you, Chip, I can mention Champ Bailey's name in the year is enough for me as a Bronco fan. So Okay, so... To
2: finally wrap it up, the ultimate hitless Mount Rushmore, we have Deion Sanders, Rodney Lott, Charles Woodson, and Ed Reed. That's what we've settled upon, right? That's our Mount Rushmore. That's fair, right? Everyone's happy? It's it's,
1: it's acceptable. It's acceptable. It's
2: acceptable? You made the picks. How is it not acceptable?
1: I was just saying, Rob Woodson, man, he's – So listen, so swipe one of your picks. So swipe one of your picks then. All pro at both levels. I'm just saying. All listen, pro at listen both if
2: you really feel that passionate, then take out lot and put him in.
1: Nah, because nobody else going to come from Ronnie Lott. I can't <laughs> leave off the best DB to ever play the game. Come on now, we can't
2: do that. <laughs> all we right. Final that. thoughts on this panel, guys? Final thoughts here on this discussion.
1: I'll put Ty Lowe on the list. I can't deal with him no more. <laughs> <laughs> MVP, what do you think? Again,
3: Again. this is a classic hey, case. He think he's going back to back. <laughs> hey, so this is a classic case of Travis the Cookie Man with bad taste. I he mean, you think Google in the middle of a debate. I'm supposed to be satisfied. When so, happens, bro.
4: When so, Rick, happens? you
2: kind of led off the way with uh, Sanders over here. Um, Any final thoughts on
4: your man Sanders? Hey, first and foremost, again, Dion Pronton Sanders is, is the GOAT of all GOATs as far as I'm concerned. He's on my ultimate uh, Mount Rushmore of all sports. So we'll get that out of the way. One thing I will say, I think I'm glad we led off with uh, DBs as the first episode. I feel like as we go on through the series, we'll have a bit more diversity. I, I truly feel like the defensive back position is probably one of the one positions where you'll get, you know, those three, four guys that you hear over and over again. Yeah. I think we're gonna get a lot of change as we go throughout the series. Andrew, final thoughts?
5: Uh, Ricky uh, took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. This, was, this was a great episode. I'm glad we got to mention all these names. Ty Law was a, was a curveball. Not so curveball, <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised nobody, like, honorably mentioned Darrell Rivas. I thought, uh, they told yeah. me that he
2: shouldn't be mentioned. So I, I, I know I'm surprised. Like some, someone told me don't mention him at all. But, you know. Well,
5: if you're the defense and you're like for a team like the Jets, not to throw shade at the Jets, and you get by Tom Brady in the division round, you got to take advantage of that. And it's just a shame the Jets never did that. But this is uh, a great discussion as far as defensive backs. Well,
2: thank you, gentlemen, for joining me here on this panel for episode one of the Mount Rushmore of the NFL. Episode two will feature the defensive lineman position. So this one definitely got spicy. I'm, int- I'm intrigued to see what episode two brings. And for the rest of the series, I know you guys are, um, have picked your episode. So we'll see you later down the line, if not for episode two, but maybe three, four, five, six, seven, or eight. All right. So thank you, guys. You guys stay safe, especially during these times. And I love you guys. Take care. Thank you.
6: hi everybody jeff alexis personal trainer i uh, just want to say hopefully everybody's staying safe in these times of quarantine and protest please be safe out there tread carefully you know why i want to do a video today talking about weight loss or for that matter weight gain we all know about the science of caloric intake and calorie burning and watching what you eat but there are four principles that i believe are necessary for you to either lose weight or to gain weight. Number one, motivation. What is your motivation? Are you doing it for short-term reasons? Uh, Of course, beach season, well, there's probably not going to be a beach season in the New York Tri-State area this year, but is it for beach season? Are you doing it because you're getting ready for some type of athletic uh, competition, whether it be like a a spring or a summer league that you play in and you just want to either lose or gain weight so that you can that you can perform optimally, uh, are you doing it because you want to, of course, not this year, but people are getting married, and they want to fit into their tux, they want to fit into their dress, so a lot of it is, a lot of it could be vanity-driven, things along those lines, what are you? do you have long-term goals, I just had a baby, or I'm going to have a baby, and I need to be around, I'm going to have a child, and I need to be around for that little person in my life. Did you, go, or did you go to the doctor and the doctor said your cholesterol is high and you have blockages and you have a lot of health things going on and losing weight or for that matter gaining weight would be optimal for you. That is a long-term goal. So number one, motivation. Number two, sacrifice. A lot of people out here think that they can just work out, go to the gym and basically eat whatever that they want to. You can't. So when I say sacrifice... What I'm really talking about is what is your plan and in part of that plan is you want to set you have to make the necessary changes in your life because dieting is one thing being losing or gaining weight is a lifestyle change and you have to make the necessary changes in order to achieve whatever goals you're trying to accomplish if you're somebody who's trying to gain weight. And you only have three meals a day, you're not going to gain the amount of weight that you want. You're going to need to take in more meals. You're going to need to take in more calories. If you're trying to lose weight, you got to do less, obviously. But you want to do it in an optimal way. You want to do it in an efficient way that is safe for you and that you will get the best, longest-lasting results. So number two, sacrifice. Have a plan for that. Number three, accountability. A lot of us, you know, a lot of us have egos. Uh, you know, it goes up and down depending upon who the individual is. What you want to make sure of above anything, beyond the two that I just talked about, is hold yourself accountable. Or have somebody there who's going to hold you accountable. A lot of people like to talk. A lot of people like to, to sit there and say they're going to do a million things and then they just wait till they're, oh, I'll get to it another time. No, no. You either are accountable to yourself or you have somebody who's there kicking you behind saying, these are the things you need to do in order to achieve your goal. All right, you've got to make those sacrifices. You've got to get that extra meal in if you want to pack on lean muscle. You've got to, you know, put down those those you know uh, Twinkies or whatever your particular vice is. You you got to be able to drink less alcohol. We all know we all you know we're during these quarantine times and you can't really go anywhere, but you know a lot of people like to go to happy hour and a lot of those happy hour drinks aren't you know top shelf alcohol where you just need one. People are guzzling them down. What? Are you? Who are you going to have with you to hold you accountable so that you are going to achieve your goals? And the final piece to that is progress. Progress. You know, there's nothing wrong with monitoring. You know, a lot of people like check their weight every single day. Maybe you check your weight once a week to see how many pounds you've lost or how many pounds you've gained. Uh, you can write stuff down. You can. There's. There's apps you can use on your phone that will help to keep you abreast as so of what's going on, you know people have their their eye watches and everything like that and they count their steps Little things like that are going to be able to tell you whether you're you're going in the direction that you want of weight loss or weight gain Or if you need to make changes sometimes you could have done all the work that you were accustomed to doing But you only lost a pound is it because you gained lean muscle? And so that's why you didn't lose the weight is it because you fell off the wagon Nothing wrong There's, you should always find a way to Track your progress. So those are the four keys. I'm not gonna keep you too long. Those are the four keys Aside from the science in order for you to become successful as either weight loss or weight gain. All right motivation sacrifice Accountability progress those are the four that you're gonna need and that will help to propel you to be to either gain weight or to lose weight And those are the things that you're going to need. All right. So hopefully take care of yourself. Once again, be safe out there and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.
2: That was only episode one of, of eight. So it got a little out of control there in terms of picks. But I'm looking forward to producing the rest of them and seeing what my other panels have in store. Each each episode will have a different panel, so you may see some of the sim- similar faces. You may not. See, you may see one person on an episode. You may not see them on the other. Just to give a different dynamic, because everyone has a different opinion. Everyone has a different take of how they construct their Mont Rushmores. So you will see that along the series. Um, and also, you just saw a commercial or a, a, a quick tips, not a commercial, but a quick tips from J Lex Fitness with J Lex. J Lex, shout out to him. He's been producing content. Um, you know, just to keep people in shape. During these times of, of COVID-19 and not having gyms and people staying active, JLX has a lot of different tips that can help people from home to stay active, to lose weight, to gain weight. So that was just a little uh, quick tips and keys of how you can do those things from J-Lex. So thank you, J-Lex, for that quick video. Up next, we have a special interview with athletic director of University of New Orleans, Mr. Tim Duncan, not the basketball player, but the athletic director, Tim Duncan. Since the murder of George Floyd in Minnesota, we've seen a lot of protests and, and, and vocal about um, Black Lives Matter and what goes on in this country. Tim Duncan experienced something days right before George Floyd's murder, and he had the, he, he had the um, time to come on to the Sports Hit List and talk about it. So let's listen in on that interview. For the fans, I have a very special guest with me, the University of New Orleans athletic director, Mr. Tim Duncan. Tim, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining me on the special podcast.
0: I'm great, Carl. How about you, man? Thanks for I'm hanging life.
2: in there. Do people confuse you a lot with the uh, basketball player, Tim Duncan? Do you get that a lot? Yeah, yeah
0: they do. And I, I, I'm i the original Tim Duncan because I'm a little bit older. And I like to say the young fella's done pretty well with my name. So <laughs> you know, he'll brand me. Uh,
2: I hear that. Um, I'd also like to throw out a special shout out to Megan O'Brien. Megan for making the connection. Right. She sent me your video. I had the privilege and honor of working with Megan at uh, St. Francis College where um, um, back in 2008 when I was a student, and she was working in the athletic department. So she's really cool friends. And um, as soon as she sent me the video, she said, just contact him and we could definitely get an interview.
0: So thank you to her. Yeah, absolutely, Megan's awesome. So thanks, I'm glad she uh, made the
2: connection. Yeah, so she sent me a video um, saying, um, prior to George uh, Floyd's uh, murder, you had experienced something five days prior. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about what happened to you?
0: Yeah, my, um, so I've been in New or- at the University of New Orleans for a year, but my family stayed in the Boston area because I had a job there previously at Northeastern. And our son was a senior in high school. He's a 2020 graduate from Newton North High School in Newton, Massachusetts is a suburb of Boston. So I was up there a couple of weeks ago to pack the house and move them down because he, they're not going to have, they did a, they're going to do a virtual graduation and school for all intents and purposes was done. So I was up there to move them. And my wife and I were taking a break one afternoon and decided to walk to Whole Foods. So uh, that tells you the type of neighborhood. It is a, great, a nice suburban neighborhood, great schools with the Whole Foods that was in walking distance, uh, Whole Foods and a Trader Joe's exactly within walking distance of my home. So we started on our walk and, um, you know, a block over from my house, we were surrounded, four cars came up pretty aggressively and seemed like a coordinated uh, attempt. And one of the officers jumped out with a gun on, um, pointed toward me directly and asked me to put my hands on my head and barked orders and asked, did I have a gun? Where did I live? What was I doing in the neighborhood? And, um they asked me to reach for my ID and I, I declined to reach for it and, and nodded toward the officer closest to me and say, can he get it out? Um, because that's one of the things as, uh, at least my parents had talks with me when I was a kid and growing up to not make any sudden movements or reach in your pockets, um, you know, around law, around overaggressive cops. So uh, they reached in, they verified who I was and gave my water back. They apologized. And then uh, I was uh, and they said, well, we're looking for a murder suspect. And I was like, you know, is he a six, is he a 6'8 black man? I'm, you know, six, eight, obviously.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and they said, well, no, but they did describe him as tall. And that was it. And then they left, and my wife and I continued to walk to the store. Uh, we came, got our items, came back, talked to the kids. She was really adamant about telling the kids that she thought it was such a good idea by me not to reach in my pocket after they told me to get the ID after they had told me not to move and put mm-hmm. my head. So I, I did that. So we talked to them, made sure that they understood, you know, had that talk again with them. And then five days later, uh, George Floyd was killed. And of course, like many people, I was outraged at watching you know, a murder real time on television. And then, um, but I it still didn't, I still didn't correlate my uh, incident with, a, with, with his until one of my friends who I had mentioned it to said, Tim, you know, that could have been you. And then that's when I started to ask the question, why am I normalizing this process? Mm-hmm. Why okay for, um, and, and, and that's not the first time that you know officers have pulled a gun on me unnecessarily the other one was doing traffic stops, but I was, why am I normalizing a situation that's not normal? Why am I okay with this and justifying it when it's not cool? Uh, excuse me. I understand. I have a job to do, and they have to do their job. They were looking for a murder suspect, absolutely. But is there any other way that they could have gotten to the salute, gotten to the bottom of the uh, of, what, of of this person walking down the street with his wife in broad daylight? could they have done any other used any other methods to find out whether I whether or not I was that person or not and I think that you know obviously are ways to do that and um, yeah so I wanted to utilize this as a learning uh, a point of education for our student-athletes and so we had conversations with our student-athletes over the weekend and um, prior to me releasing it I told them about the experience wanted to get their feedback they were very appreciative of me sharing it with, uh, with them. And then I posted it. And um, from there, it has, you know, taken a life of its own, which, you know, is, is a little bit overwhelming. But, um, you know, the I have to talk about that over and over. But how I look at it, if, it's, if it helps educate some or help other folks identify with me and say, well, yeah, I went through that too, Tim. I get it. Um, then I think it, it was worth it in the end.
2: Uh, I'm sorry you and your wife had to experience that. It's it's really tragic to hear that, that, that happened. Are are you in the process or did you think about taking any um, action towards that police
0: department for what happened to you or? um... No, not at all, man. I, I, that, that never even came up. Um, There wasn't a thought in my mind. It wasn't a thought in my mind initially. And then it hadn't been a thought in my mind. And then I received calls from, the mayor of Newton, the chief of police, and they have a civil rights officer in the mm. department and they all apologized profusely. And the chief of police said something when he, he said that, you know, I need to self reflect to, to see what we can do better in those situations. He said, you know, thinking back, I could have called you, you know, that day or later in that week and, you know, talked about it and, you know, maybe there are some different ways we can, you know, try to find murder. So I appreciate the fact that he was, self-reflective in our conversation and I wasn't and part of that I'm sure uh is you know they don't want me to file a complaint but I didn't have any interest in doing that anyway Mm -hmm. appreciate the effort of calling to make sure that we were okay And the in the town of Newton is such a bedroom community that my son's high school principal called me my son and daughter's middle school principal called my wife neighbors called her boss called her that when she worked there so people were really concerned because because that area is pretty liberal. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and they- is that near uh, Waltham by any chance? It is. It is near Waltham. It's it's a little bit. It's east of Waltham. Waltham closer to downtown, but it's close to Brookline, close to Chestnut Hill, where Boston College is. Yeah, it's not far at all.
2: Yeah. So, you, um, I'm a Celtics fan. So, uh, and I have family who who who's always who lives yeah. in Waltham. So I'm always like every year I take a trip down there, my godson's down there. So I'm always in that area.
0: And yeah, so, I'm sure you've yeah. driven through Newton to get the welcome before. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, so right now in my school, um, I'm working with the multi, uh, multicultural activities director to try to figure out what steps should we take moving forward? Because, you know, I deal with students, too, just like you do. Um, what are the steps that your University of New Orleans is taking after this? And ha, have there been protests on campus? I know right now we're still dealing with COVID-19 and possibly some social distancing. But what are the steps that the university is taking in terms of uh, course of action after the, the death of Mr. Floyd?
0: Yeah, well, we're not open. So our president made a very he, he gave a statement. And um, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but that's fine, man. Go ahead. He texted me and said, man, Tim on top this racist bullshit. Um, and I believe him. That's just the type of good man that he is. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to work with our faculty. We have a, um, a new student athlete class that the, all the freshmen and transfers take.
1: Mm-hmm. So we're
0: going to work with um, the provost to have one of the faculty members come and teach a couple of classes on race and politics. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about that intersection. Uh, I think we're gonna try to make, elevate social justice as one of our um, core tenants. And then what I'd like to do, and what I talk to the students about, is how can we mobilize to help people vote? Because all, poli- all, elect- all politics are local, basically. Mm-hmm. And the district's attorneys are the ones who refuse to press charges. And yeah, they press charges, after four days for Derek Chauvin and after you know nine days on the other three officers. But why did it take so long? Right, yeah. If, if you or I uh, did something that is suspected to be a crime, we're gonna go to jail first. Then they're gonna figure out if they have enough evidence to charge us once we're in jail. But with uh, officers who we have video evidence, they take their sweet time and that's not cool. And we need to hold them accountable. So I think we're gonna work with our student athletes there's a, a national organization called Rise that uh, helps with uh, voter uh, voter uh, turnouts mm-hmm. and voter registration. So I think that might be a way that we go as well. And of course, we'll have additional speakers, and we're trying to will we will figure out a, so uh, a couple of other ways to make an impact. I know that's one, particularly in our city of New Orleans, that we can make an impact by getting people out to vote because um, most folks, particularly my uh, particularly, I won't I won't say one group or other, but there are a lot of folks who really only pay attention to elections doing the national elections. Absolutely. Yeah. Important, for sure. That's absolutely important. However, um, you know, local elections are very important and that's where, uh, the rubber meets the road. And I think that's where we need to make sure that we, um, you know, uh, spend some time.
2: Do you have any, um, word in ter- for the fall? I know with my school right now, we're waiting on governor, uh, Cuomo to make a call, whether we're going back full time in the fall. I know you have about four, 14 sports right you your so have you has there been any discussions about what's going to happen or is it touch and go to see what's going on with new social distancing rule are you guys going to play with empty stadiums how is that affecting the everyday life of if you guys could even get back in time to you know, start this program
0: yeah well we are our state is opening up slowly we're in phase one now uh, we're supposed to enter phase two this week new orleans is a little bit less it's more conservative i'll put it that way than our state because of excuse me, we're the largest um, metropolitan area in the state. Mm-hmm. And, but we are planning to be in school on time. We're going to bring our student, we don't have football, but we're going to bring our men's and women's basketball student athletes back uh, January, July 6th. And then we're going to test them and isolate them for a week before allow them to start workouts with their team. The NCAA allows Division One men's and women's basketball to have uh, coach-led workouts in the summer. So before we can do that, we'll test them quarantine them. And do all of that but we're uh, expected to have school starts on august 18th and right now we're working toward that'll be what happens and we'll test our all of our student athletes during their physicals we have to give them physicals every every year anyway our team doctors are a part of a, a hospital system here Austin that um is a, it's a monster it's a giant so they have resources that can help us test our student athletes if they test positive we'll quarantine them we've already worked the housing they have a process the quarantine student athletes just any student if they uh, are tested positive um, we'll start off our season social distancing fans uh, Mm -hmm. just limiting fans
2: maybe no fans at all until everything
0: we'll we'll have fans but our places are big enough that I think we can spread them out uh, accordingly Um, for example we play in a 10,000 seat arena and we don't average that so we'll have a chance to, to, to spread that out for basketball and for baseball so I think that we can um, get by with still having fans and spread them out accordingly and have them socially distance. And I'm not sure if we'll require masks, uh, but that's something that we'll talk about as well. we already started talking about whether we will require them at all.
2: So yesterday I did a show on uh, Drew Brees and his comments, and um, it just so happens I'm I'm about to interview the athletic director for New Orleans, the University of New Orleans, and Drew Brees makes right. his comments. So I literally said to my friends, I'm like, I have to ask him this question. Right. Um, how, how, how were his comments received from that community? Have you spoke to anyone about his comments mm-hmm. this morning? Mm-hmm. The, this morning he made an apology. So what's your, what's your take on Drew Brees over the last two days and what he said and what he apologized for and how it's gonna be received in, in, the, in the
0: community of New Orleans? But first, let's talk about how much of an icon he he was, is here in the city. People loved him. He helped. Uh, He was the face of the city, post-Katrina, when Mm -hmm. it was emotional, when they came back and they beat the Falcons on that Monday night football. He led them to a Super Bowl, their only Super Bowl in the city's history that had been perennial losers uh, for the most part, but outside a few years of success. So, I mean, they revered Bruce, uh, Drew Brees here, no matter the race, they loved him dearly. So to hear them say that, affected a lot of people negatively for sure. And they had protests last night and a a large part of the protest was F Drew Brees, F Drew Brees, they chanted Mm -hmm. over and over and over. And for him to fall so far so quickly is amazing. But, I think that at the very least, he was tone deaf to what was happening in the country. Um, that's his right to think w- what he wants to think about the flag. This is not the time to talk about mm-hmm. And particularly because Yahoo Finance, which is interesting that they are the ones who got this uh, quote, they they asked him a question. I don't remember the exact question, but it was something like, so tell me what you think about what's going on in the country.
2: Yeah, I think it, the question was was more so about um, because of what's going on, do you believe um, you know players will take a take a knee when the season right. starts? So Yeah, something along those lines, yeah. So
0: it wasn't – they led him down the path, but he's been through media training. I've been media training. You have to stick to your agenda. So I, I think that he wanted to – he just – he wanted to, to say what he wanted to say, and it was tone deaf because it's clearly not the time to talk about that. Mm. It's already been established that Colin Kaepernick spoke to a veteran and the veteran said, instead of sitting, why don't you kneel? That's what we do and that's a sign of respect. And he said that time and time again, and he said time and time again, this protest was not about the flag. It was about um, social justice and the mistreatment and the killing of unarmed black people. So he may have those feelings about his grandfathers who fought in World War II, I assume World War II, but my father was a Vietnam vet and he didn't get a hero's welcome and then the African-American men who served In World War II as well had to come back to Jim Crow. So the fact that in his mind that's um disrespecting the flag, he can have that thought if he wants. But the time to talk about it is not now. When Malcolm Jenkins Jenkins said, Well, America is burning. Yeah. Literally in pain. There are people who are so fed up with this, and there are people who look like our entire country. What I mean, the protests this time seemed to be a lot more diverse than any of the ones that I've seen since Dr. King Mm -hmm. to, to, to ignore the pain that people are going through to have that conversation. is clearly toned up. His apology was fantastic. I mean, he hit every note that you want to hit in an apology. It was sincere. He uh, took accountability for his actions. Uh, He didn't have, he didn't put any solutions in there, but he did talk about, this is my fault. I want to stand with black people and be a leader of Asia. It, was, it hit all the right notes. But there will be some people who will never forgive him. Mm.
2: I mean, you know, that was going to lead to my next question is uh, going into the season, and we, 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 we like to believe the NFL will be back. Do, we, do they forget about it in New Orleans, or do they kind of forgive and not forget? Like, how, 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 is, how will he be received? Is he sinking? Is he swimming? Post his comments now.
0: I think there will be a population, a segment of population, who will never forgive him. I think mm-hmm people likely will cuz they're going to have a great season I'm sure I think it if he wins a super bowl and on stage when accepting the mvp trophy or the super bowl trophy he says let me apologize again to my city i said some stupid stuff here's what i'm going to do if he does that he's going to be loved forever when he gets yeah. a to publicly say if he he has to his actions now have to match his apology so if he gets involved in legislation if he gets involved in organizations to help Come help us overcome uh, the, the 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 killing of unarmed black men, and he's sincere and, and does that. Then I think he'll win a whole bunch of people back for sure. Mm. Want to love them. They love these Saints down here. I've never seen. Them. I've lived in a lot of different cities. Yeah. Huge Steelers fan myself. I grew up not in Pittsburgh, but I just grew up a Steeler fan, mm. and I'm part too. But the, this whole city is in mourning when the Saints lose. That's how yeah. it is. Yeah. So they want to love him. Yeah, I that love that. Well, that must be tough for you. You you grew up in Massachusetts, right? No, I grew up in Memphis. Memphis, okay. Memphis. Born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee, and back okay. in the '70s, the only only teams that came on in Memphis were Pittsburgh and Dallas, and my uh-huh. dad,
3: okay.
0: and I definitely was not going to root for them. So <laughs> I grew up a Lynn Swan fan, and I've been a Steeler fan since I was eight years old. So I, I grew up in in Memphis. I played basketball in Memphis. And then since then, I've lived in a lot of different places. I lived in Massachusetts the last two years prior to moving here. But, um, yeah, so I'm a Steelers fan. It was tough living in Massachusetts as a Steelers fan. But I can probably, the Patriots, yeah. I can pridefully say I did not watch one play the entire year.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I am,
0: I am uh, very happy.
2: Uh, so that. to, to kind of end off, I, I, f- I feel like it's time that we should end off on a, on a light note. With everything going on, we've dealt with COVID the last three months, now dealing with the death of um, um, George Floyd. Now it's possible that sports are coming back from your perspective. How much were you missing sports? And now that you're in the process of planning for it to come back sports in your life as an athletic director, as a fan of the game of, of, of any kind of game, how excited are you to try to get the process of sports to return to television or just mm-hmm. sports to return in general?
0: I'm, I'm really excited, man. Cause I mean, it's a unifying thing that it allow. Black, white, Asian, Hispanic, whatever to, to to have some common interests, um, and common rooting or common trash talk. If you're on different opponents, it's—it's—it's it's an awesome unifying thing, man. That I can't wait to get back. Uh, I think that's why the Jordan ratings, the last dance, was so high because we absolutely for anything. It was—it was appointment television for my entire family. I mean, for my 12-year-old daughter, to both of my sons, to my wife. Every Sunday night we're watching it. Me too. We did a review for it every single show for, for, for <laughs> the podcast. every single show we did. So, a review for it. Yeah. That's how that's how much we were craving for um, you know, just sports content and that was perfect timing for them. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm ready to, you know, get things back to somewhat normal. It won't ever be the same, I think. I think there are, you know, will be some people who will always be leery about coming in public. And there will be some people um, that will always wear masks and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm ready for our student-athletes to, first of all, check out and be healthy and be able to compete and stay healthy. That is the most important thing.
2: Uh, any final thoughts to the community? Any, anything else you'd like to say?
0: I, I would just challenge everyone to, to don't, shy, don't shy away from some of these difficult conversations. I think that's the only way that we can start to sh- put some sunlight on you know, some of the things that um, people, some people choose not to see about our society. Our, we have a great country, but our country has some some work to do to to make it great for all of us um and it's a difficult conversations education and voting are the key to make sure that uh, we can impact change
2: well no, I, i'm gonna tell you this personally new orleans is at the top of my wife and i's list in terms of travel places we haven't been to california yet yeah. I to visit every state before i die so i'm clearing the bucket list <laughs> now now i have a contact in new orleans i hope to right attend the game something just to come
7: right. down and say hi and
0: come to new orleans the food is awesome it's <laughs> great when you can take a cold beverage whatever it is and walk up yeah in, not just bourbon street but any street in the city i it's hear a- that around with the cold beverage on a hot day that's a beautiful thing so come on down we'll grab some great food we can uh, i can take you some of the local spots and we can have a great time
2: absolutely and and if you have any athletes who want to come on to our show, please let us know. I'm, I'm all for interviewing athletes. I'm all about it. Well, I produce. You. I'm currently at I- Iona right now doing my second master's studying in sports communication. Um, awesome. so anything in sports, I'm pretty much. I've never played because I was never athletic enough to play. <laughs> but in terms of covering sports and media, writing articles, doing videos,
0: that's all I'm about. So if
2: you have any athlete you want us to talk to, I- I'd love to connect with you some more.
0: Well, thank you, Carl. I appreciate that, man. Thanks no for- problem and uh, having me a part of your show I
2: definitely appreciate. it Thank you to Tim Duncan for taking his time to come onto the show and talk about what happened to him, to also talk about the death of George Floyd and talk about what we can do to change um change the narrative and in, in helping America move forward. The Sports Hillis is a place where I give people the opportunity to speak their mind and their opinions and we don't shy away from uh pol- politics and sports. Social issues and sports go hand in hand, and we've seen a lot of a lot of athletes be completely uh be very very vocal about change in America, change in this country. So as a brand, I, I take full responsibility, and I respect any of my um contributors who have something to share when it comes to sports and politics. Some people may feel that there's no there's no place for sports, there's no place for politics and sports but the athletes cover it. The athletes talk about it. The athletes are all about social activism. We should be as well as a, as a media brand. And our last segment today is Wrestling Wednesday. Um, I am a big WWE fan. I'm a big pro wrestling fan, mostly WWE. I'm not going to lie. There are other pro wrestling um, companies out there, but I grew up watching the WWE. I've been watching it since I was six years old and I'm not going to drop it. It's one of my favorite sports, quote unquote, because it's sports entertainment, it's not really sports. But I love it. So, we've designed here at the Sports Hit List what we call Wrestling Wednesday, where we promote nothing but pro wrestling on that day. We have on our Instagram, uh, wrestler of the day. We cut promos, I am the chosen one. I've been chosen by God to lead all the prosperity. That's my character. We have a lot of character uh, characters on the Sports Hit List, uh, pro wrestling contributors. You can go check out that on our page. But here for the Worldwide Sports Network on Wednesday, you will get a wrestling segment. So for today's listening pleasure and viewing, we have what we call the greatest intercontinental champion of all time segment where each of our panel decided that they were going to pick who is their greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Given the fact that WWE decided that they were going to have a tournament to crown a new champion, shout out to AJ Styles for winning the championship, we thought on our brand side we would do something where we have a tournament, not a tournament, but each of us pick who is our greatest intercontinental champion of all time so take a look so tom i'm gonna give you the floor first since this is your segment this is your idea who is your greatest intercontinental champion of all time
7: see now we've had we've had great intercontinental champions we've had uh everyone from honky tonk man to pedro morales to don morocco mr perfect we have all these guys in the past but my guy the greatest of all time in my opinion is someone that's wrestling right now and it's someone who won his first intercontinental title at a big show At Raw 1000, he won his first Intercontinental title for Christian, and that's The Miz.
0: Awesome! I came, came came to play! There's a price to pay!
7: The Miz is the greatest Intercontinental Champion. He is number two in both uh, the amount of days he held the Intercontinental Ch- Championship, which is just below 600. Uh, Pedro Morales is number one. And he's had eight reigns, which is just below Chris Jericho, who's had nine. But he's still got time left in the tank for WWE. I think he will be, at the end of his career, number one. But even regardless of that, you look at the matches and what Miz did for the Intercontinental title. The Miz had great matches. The Miz, even just looking at 2016, um, he had one of the best programs you'll ever see of both men's career with Dolph Ziggler where they had the Inter- non- Intercontinental title versus career match. I believe that was at Backlash 2016. And Dolph Ziggler won it and won it off The Miz. But that that really, really, really was pretty much almost a five-star match. And you look at other things The Miz has done for the Intercontinental title. Uh, he had that Talking Smack promo about Daniel Bryan uh, where he got mad. He was uh, uh. the Intercontinental title champion at that time. And that's a historic Uh, one of the better promos of the 2010s. That's probably one of the best of the 2010s if you really look at all the promos and the intensity he brought to that promo. But he also elevated the Intercontinental title. Uh, If you look at 2018, when he won it, he won it at Raw 25. So we're looking at the miss here. He's won at Raw 1000. He's won at SmackDown 900, which was in 2016. He won that title back off Dolph Ziggler. And then he won at Raw 25. And who did he beat at Raw 25? He beat Roman Reigns. As clean as you could beat Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns went for the spear, bounced off the turnbuckle. Miz hit him with the skull-crushing finale. Miz is the champion. So Miz beat the top guy for the Intercontinental Championship in 2018 at RAW 25, the biggest RAW of that year. Miz went on that 2018 uh, to make that title so hot that he dropped it in the triple threat match to Seth Rollins and Finn Balor at WrestleMania 34, which was the best match of that card. And Seth Rollins, because of The Miz, spent all of 2016, 2017, 2018, making the Intercontinental title the most prestigious title in the WWE. How can
2: you dispute what Tom Kennedy just said in that opening <laughs> wow. monologue? It's like he had it rehearsed ready to go. Like, you do know what he <laughs> was, like, I do
7: my homework, like Carl. Some- I remember someone telling me proper preparation prevents poor performance, and that's facts. A, Listen, there's a lot you know, of people. live by
2: that motto. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. If you'd like to continue watching the Wrestling Wednesday segment on Intercontinental Champions, please log on to our YouTube channel. You could also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for watching the Sports Hit List by the fans and for the fans. Again, I am Carl Coulange. I look forward to working with the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. So check us out on Wednesdays right here. Have a good day.